The views and opinions expressed in the following program are those of Coal Investment Group and its staff. Coal Investment Group is a registered investment advisor. Call 262-522-4040. Welcome to the Retirement Clinic with your host, Jeff Kowal, from the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialists. Good morning and welcome. It's WISN's Retirement Clinic with the Kowal Investment Group, the Retirement Specialists. I'm Paul Kronforst, hosting the show today. Aaron Spitzner and Chauncey Weisensel both back in studio. Welcome back, Aaron. Good morning. It's great to be here. It's, it's been a while. It, for you, it yeah, has. I was here last week. Yeah, well, it's been a while, and uh, well, I got some got some great stuff today. Yes, it's always good to have you here, Spitzner, in the studio. Chauncey, welcome back to you. Good morning. Good morning, Paul. Fantastic to be here. You're in a good mood because we have officially announced the Coal Investment Group has added a location, Delafield, downtown, and you are in that building. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's a nicely redone space, uh, third floor, kind of old downtown Delafield, great mm. feel. Uh, there's a little creek that runs behind when I walk up to the building every morning. It's it's lovely. I love it out there. It's great. Delafield is a is beautiful downtown. It is really nice. So the Cobalt Investment Group has added a location to Delafield, uh, and that's in addition. Nothing, nothing else has changed. You're still in Waukesha. Yep. Port Washington. Yes. Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, Racine, Spitzner. Yep. That's isn't that your home turf? That's correct. Not where your home. You know, not your home, but correct. It's yeah. where you work. I don't. Yeah, I don't live at work. <laughs> That's right up the freeway at the Highway 20 exit in Racine. All the information on the website, thekowalway.com. And of course, Monday through Friday, we hear not just from Aaron and Chauncey, but all the good folks with those market updates, business reports twice a day during the Mark Belling Show. Monday through Friday, WISN. Then we get here on the weekends. So that's the background. Your niche. Aaron, at the Cowal Investment Group. It's all about retirement. So let's start there. You've got the first topic, and you yep. said you're bringing the heat today. I am. Uh, actually, you're like a brewer pitcher. It, yeah. it, it, it's interesting because, <laughs> like, like like you just said, we we focus on retirement planning, and, and this show is the retirement clinic about retirement, and we talk about strategies, and and I'm going to change the change it up a little bit today. I mean, it does have to do with retirement, but it has a little bit to do with uh, investor behavior and how we as investors uh, handle our money and sometimes not in the best way. Um, behavior. I'm yes. guessing emotions might come into this. Emotions, yep. yeah, and, and getting in and out of the market at the wrong time. And just and, and the reason I bring this up is I've made some observations really over the last uh, two and a half years um, that Tells a good story about this um, and kind of some of the behavior I'm seeing this year uh, leaning toward chasing returns. Uh, and then I'm also going to piggyback that with an article by Morningstar um, that talks about investor returns versus actual mutual fund returns. So mm. this gives us an idea of how bad of investors we actually are. Um, <laughs> the numbers for 2022 uh, from this Morningstar survey were actually released back at, uh, at the end of July. And the study measures the behavior gap that exists between the return of the market and the lesser returns investors realize due to emotional mistakes and bad timing. So before I go on, though, I do want to point out why I'm bringing, again, why I'm bringing this up is if you look at just the NASDAQ, okay? So the NASDAQ, tech heavy, um, more growth, and, and the returns of the NASDAQ, and also where money has gone, investor money has gone over the last two and a half years. So let's just 
rewind the clock back to 2021. Um, the NASDAQ, uh, or again, QQQ is the, the investment I'm going to talk about today. It's the NASDAQ 100. It's an ETF that anybody can invest in. Um, this particular investment was up 27%. Um, and $22.5 billion, with a B, of new money went into the NASDAQ in 2021. So it all chased after that great return of 27%. $22 billion goes in. Investors expect a repeat of performance, and then 2022 hits. And in yeah. 2022, um, that particular investment, uh, QQQ, was down 32%. So we had $22 billion go in, and $22 billion lose 32% in a matter of two years. Well, that's a lot of money. Um, on, on the flip side of that, investors then said, okay, I'm going to find a new area to put my money. And they began investing in the, and I'm just going to use this as an example, um, the Vanguard High Yield Dividend ETF. Uh, dividend payers did well last year. And in that particular investment, uh, they brought in $8.8 billion, which was one of their best years in five years. So again, just to recap, 2021, good for tech. People put their money in tech. Um, then 2022, tech does terrible. So people abandon that, and then they go to dividend stocks after the, they've already occurred this loss. Is this chasing Yes, the market. that's what I'm getting at. So, yeah. so now, oh, spoiler alert! We Did come I in it for so you? end of 2022. <laughs> now people have been putting their money in dividend stocks. No new money really going into QQQ. Uh, and this year, it just so happens that those dividend stocks everybody invested in, uh, that particular investment, uh, Vanguard High Yield Dividend, is down about one percent year to date. Uh, investors, uh, and, and then the Nasdaq is up thirty five percent. So. The, really, the the really the more interesting part about it, there's even more. Uh, <laughs> but wait, is, is, is there's that more. Four and a half billion dollars went into QQQ or the Nasdaq this year, but it happened. If you look at the timing of those investments, the majority of it came in in July, August, and so far in September okay. uh-huh. when it was already up thirty five percent. So we missed out on those returns. So what I'm getting at is it's not very easy, um, and it's not as easy as it was uh, back in 2020. Remember 2020 with COVID, and it seemed like everybody and their grandma uh, was trading stocks, mm. and they were hitting it out of the park. Well, first yeah. everything was down, right? Yeah, and just then dr- you get stimulus checks, and everybody was just yeah. throwing, their, throwing a dart, and the stock would go up, and everybody thought it was so easy. And then you transition into this time where it's been pretty difficult, um, and investors have been chasing. They've had this fear of missing out. Um, and it's really been hurting their returns. Now, is, is that the emotions coming into play? I think a lot of it is like just through conversations this year when people look at the returns of the market and they see the NASDAQ up 35, the S&P up 17, the Dow up, say, 5%, and the bond market down 12%, they want to, hey, why don't I have some of that, th- you yeah. know, more of that 35? Mm-hmm. Well, remember last year when it was down 35%? Yeah. <laughs> um, I remember. You know, we, we want to be in a diversified portfolio to avoid these types of knee-jerk reactions. And that's really what the Morningstar study finds. So those are my observations about what investors are doing right now. It seems like a lot of people are, are getting interested in, in chasing the NASDAQ. Well, what we found is staying disciplined has, has really, you know, worked out better than chasing after some of these hot areas of the market. And so did the study. Uh, so the study found that Fund investors earned 6% per year 
on average over the last 10 years, ending December 31st, 2022, um, while their fund holdings generated a 7.7% return. So really, investors lost out on 1.7% a year over the last 10 years, or 17%, by making dumb mistakes <laughs> and getting in and out at the wrong time. Okay? Like, they've cost themselves 17%. Yeah. If they just would have stayed the course, they would have just had an additional 17%. Um, yeah, but it, some people might say, okay, hindsight's always twenty twenty. How do you know that at the time, right? How often have we stressed on this show, the retirement clinic, stay the course. It is the big picture. It's the long haul, Aaron, right? Yeah. So it, the way you, if you kind of boil it down further, what you'll find is that investors that were in allocation funds with stocks and bonds and more diversified, they were more likely to stay the course. They weren't going to have those knee jerk reactions. Those investors that where we investors really struggled over the last 10 years with, was with specific sector funds or non-traditional stock funds. There, they lost on average, they basically missed out on 4.4% a year over 10 years because of bad timing. So what they find with the study is that a way to kind of avoid these mistakes is don't chase these sector funds. Like you hear a tip mm -hmm. from your neighbor. Hey, I hear oil is going to go up 50% this year. <laughs> I need to get in an oil ETF. No, right? I got one, Aaron. You see it on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, it, I remember cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, and all the talk at the time? So, so what, yeah, what happens is people then are like, should I get in that? Is it, should I get in it now? And people begin to chase. And these specific sector funds, well, yeah, they can be a great tool for diversification and the right portfolio. If you're just trying to pick these things, it, you know, let's say you get into this oil. I just use this as an example, an oil ETF. And it goes down 10% tomorrow. Exchange traded fund yeah, ETF. And, yeah, and now you're thinking, hey, oh, no, it's down 10%. Now it's on another two percent tomorrow. <laughs> yep. Oh, I just a twelve percent loss in in two days. I should get out, and then you get out, and then what happens? It goes up. It goes up. Yeah. And, it goes and up. It's just, so how do you prevent that? You, you gotta avoid like, some of those specific investments. They say investors. This is the study. It's basically saying investors are terrible at investing <laughs> in these specific sector funds. Being a more diversified portfolio, um, and and a few other tips just to kind of help protect yourself. Again, number one, hold fewer, more widely diversified funds. Uh, where I use a good example there is like in a 401k plan. So somebody comes to me with a 401k, they say, hey, Aaron, look at my 401k allocation. You know, you take a look at it and you got this, that fund, you got, you know, 20 different funds in there. And people are just choosing the ones that have the best historical return. No rhyme or reason, but then they got a nice target date fund in there that's nice and diversified. Hey, you know, maybe if you stick with that, you know, target date fund, you'd be more likely to ride it out than when you pick these individual funds and all of a sudden you see one underperforming, so you get out. But you don't really know why you got out. And then again, two months later, it bounces back. Yep. So those diversified funds, um, those definitely help investors out, help them stay the course. Another thing is, again, avoid those volatile funds, those high-risk, high-reward funds. You know, they can be fun. They're attractive. You know, attractive. You look at these news articles. I always try to give you these tips. There's a lot of research on them, but investors really struggle with those. Keeping it simple, um, again. Kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. Yeah, not too many funds in your portfolio. And then the last one really is working with an advisor. I mean, we see it all the time. People come to us. They have their 401k statement. You, you look at it. Hey, why do you got, you know, 40% in cash? What's going on here? Well, you know, I was really worried about the market, and I and I and I got out. Well, how long have you been in cash? Uh, they don't really want to tell you. And then what happens yep. is, well, we got to get you back in. Well, when's the right time to get back in? 
Um, so we have strategies for that to ease back into the market. But get boy, getting in, the- in and out, correct me if I'm wrong, what you're saying is that's really risky. I mean, you're not a day trader unless you are a day trader. And you Did you see Bradley Cooper in Limitless? When he was take when he took the brain pill and he became brilliant at, at reading the algorithms, it was a movie. Folks. I need one of those. <laughs> right? <laughs> yes, it's a, I recommend it. I think it's on Netflix now. Bradley Cooper. It's not a new movie. It's at least a decade old. Limitless. So well, he becomes it, it, a stock market genius. Right? He makes millions. It's just a couple of weeks. He's a no name, but he was reading these. He's he almost like Rain Man, where he's yeah. reading these, and it's a movie. And people think, well. Can I trade like that? Can I get in and out? And- yeah, a lot of times. You got to be right twice. We always say you got to be, yeah. it, it's yeah. hard to be right twice. You know, somebody may have gotten out of the market at the right time, but when do you get back in? Nobody knows when it's going to start to go that's back. That's perfect. Again. You've got to be right twice. In that conversation, Aaron, you've talked, I wrote a few phrases down the word discipline, the term or the phrase stay the course. And then the final word I wrote down was diversify. So I think your approach to retirement planning is everybody relax a little bit. And don't be so caught yeah. up in the day's events that you get out. And don't try to get you know real cute with those retirement assets. Um, you're in it for the long haul, and there's going to be ups and downs. Um, like I said, oftentimes working with an advisor will help you stay the course. Somebody to bounce these ideas off of. Hey, I was thinking about this. What you know? What are your thoughts? You know, we're looking at this stuff every day, and we can help you avoid some of these behavioral mistakes where you're losing. You know, 20% over 10 years just because yeah. you got in and out at the wrong time. So, again, I, I don't like to go down this road too much, but I just see a lot of the people are getting impatient right now. The market was bad last year. They want to recuperate those losses. They they see hot parts of the market that maybe they can get into. And, and really, oftentimes, the best thing is to to stick to your current approach because um, over time it, it will pay off. Sometimes it takes somebody else too. I don't want to use the term hold my hand, but if you're a novice and all you do is have that 401k plan, just have somebody to say, relax, settle down. Although I will say the flip side of the coin, as I get older, Chauncey, and you can yes. chime in on this whole opening yeah. discussion with Aaron, and then after the break, it's it's your topic. But staying the course and not overreacting that's easier said than done if you're 22. That's one thing. What if you're 60, 61, and retirement's right on the horizon? Yeah, it's so much harder. And, you know, it's it's good sometimes to sit down and remind people that are staring at retirement. You're not going to need it all at once, yeah. right? You, you take your monthly distributions from your IRA if you've got things set up that way. Um, you're never going to sit down and look at your accounts with a million dollars and say, Chauncey, I need a million dollars today, right? <laughs> You, you're going to take out you know, a few thousand dollars a month here and there. Maybe you take a trip, you need a little bit more, but you're never going to need it all at once. And so to just stay the course and you know, um, sometimes you can time it the worst when you're taking out money and now the market's down and now you say, I just can't take it. I need to go to cash and we'll try to kind of be that voice of reason for yeah. you, right? Just stay the course. A lot of times we'll- Yeah, you're not taking it all out at once. No. No, never. That's not what it was intended for. No, it's intended to last You know, for retirement for 30, maybe 40 years if you're living a really long time or retired early. Um, well, if you retire so, at 60, you live to 90. Yeah. So it's a 30, 30 years. It's a 30-year retirement. You're trying to make your portfolio last um, and just keep that long-term goal in mind, right? And that's where you run these cash flow projections and yeah. things for people. And so this is the probability of success that your money's going to last throughout your retirement. And We've set this up and we've set a good plan. Now we need to stick to the plan and really trust that it's going to work. We mentioned 401ks. We talk about 
a lot about the Roth, right? There's different investment tools. What about pensions? Do you work with clients that still have pensions? Um, yeah, there's a, there's a decent amount of pension plans still out there. I mean, they're teachers have some are froze. You know, you have the state plan, you have federal plans. Yep. You have typically pharmaceutical companies tend to have some of the better plans. You're trying to attract the the best talent across the country, really, to their companies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they well, got real, you know, pretty good, pretty competitive benefits. Yeah. No, I'm just saying there's so many different ways. We talk about streams of income, right? When you retire yeah. at a certain age, you got to decide when you're taking Social Security. Well, that's going to be part of that cash flow that you do, right, Chauncey? Yeah, it is. And uh, actually, it's a nice teaser for my article coming up a little bit. We'll talk about taxes and Social Security and everything. But um, yeah, trying to time when when is a good time to take um, your Social Security. And we can run different types of scenarios and cash flows. You know, what if someone takes it at 62? Wait till 67, wait till 70. Grab it at 65, right? There's so many different options, and everybody thinks they know the best option. And um, yeah. they've got the best way, right? Oh, just grab it at 62. You might die tomorrow. Okay. Oh, I do hear but, that. Yeah. I'll take, because that's the first year I can take Social Security. Yep. 62. Yeah, what if I die when I'm 63? I, sh- I sh- Well, what if you don't? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. What if you live till 90 and you grab Social Security at 62? I don't know. And maybe you made the... Not so wise choice, right? Because the yeah. longer you wait, I think is it eight percent each year it goes up. So it goes up eight percent from sixty-seven to seventy. From your full retirement age to age seventy, it goes up eight percent a year. That's that's significant money. It is, you know. So there's a lot of reasoning that goes into when do you retire, and of course, Aaron, it goes without saying, each person is different, each client is different. When, what was a million dollars, right? When we get into our wealth management, wealth management and preservation segment, say that fast. Uh, it's about preserving your money. We even play the bare naked ladies, right? If I had a million dollars back in 1970, a million was more than 2023. Yeah. And what about 30 years from now, 50 years from now? Inflation, cost of living. These are the kinds of things that go into retirement planning. Hey, we got some news to pass along, and it involves our own Jay Weber and you guys, the Colwell Investment Group. It's on your website, thecolwellway.com. It's about a month away, a little over a month. It's coming in uh, up in October. You guys want to talk about it? I know that Jay Weber of WISN is going to be a part of it. Yes. Planning uh, for the unexpected in uncertain times. Yeah, we'll have Jay Weber and a chief market strategist, Bob Carey. Uh, we've had these two together in the past, and it's a it's a it's really a great seminar. Yeah. Um, a lot of knowledge right there. And uh, it leaves some time for a nice panel discussion to, to go over topics such as the economy, uh, navigating the volatile markets, the upcoming election, how to safeguard your financial plan, and more. It's a free event, uh, but you'll need to register as seats are limited. For more information and to reserve your seat, uh, visit thekowalway.com. Again, K-O-W-A-L, K-O-W-A-L, thekowalway.com. This is a great opportunity to understand more about what's happening and how it impacts your financial plan. It's at the Milwaukee Marriott West coming up again in October. So you got some time, but... Uh, register, you said online, right? Yep. So that's the Coalway.com. We'll take a brief break and then Chauncey's got a lot more coming up. We've got the wealth management and preservation segment as well. News that we announced today in Delafield, new location. Open up how long ago? Uh, about two weeks ago. I just had my oh. first meetings there this last week and went great, beautiful offices, nice location. Did you get the big corner office? I am in a corner, but I'm kind of all the way in the back. They put me back <laughs> all the way in the back. It's fine. It's a nice office. I'm happy with it. So it's a beautiful location. Hopefully some people come out there and see us. Downtown Delafield. Check out the thekowalway.com for more. We'll be right back on WISN. 
Welcome back to the Retirement Clinic on WISN. I'm Aaron Kowal with the Boss Minute, business owner's savings and security. It's about owning your retirement, not just your business. As a small business owner, you are entirely responsible for your own retirement planning. And if you have employees, you likely feel responsible for helping them as well. There are several retirement savings plans available, so it is important to explore all the plan options to understand which retirement savings plan is best suited for you and your employees. Here are some of the plan options available for small companies with employees. The SEP IRA, which is a simplified employee pension plan, is available to companies with one or more employees. This is a cost-effective plan and relatively simple to run. The Simple IRA. This plan is designed for sole proprietors and businesses with 100 or fewer employees. And Small Business 401k. This plan can be established and maintained by most companies, including for-profit, non-profit, and partnerships. If you are a sole proprietor, an IRA or individual 401k are retirement savings plans you should consider. Each plan has its advantages and disadvantages. Understandably, choosing the right retirement savings plan for you and your employees may seem like an overwhelming task. Fortunately, the United States Department of Labor website does provide information and resources to get you started. And enlisting the help of an industry professional can help you help guide you in the right direction. If you need help navigating retirement savings plan options as a small business owner, give our office a call today at 262-522-4040 or visit thecowalway.com. Aaron Kowal with today's boss segment, Business Owners Savings and Security. Uh, that segment featured each week on the Retirement Clinic. Good to have you join us today. The Kowal Investment Group here today, Aaron Spitzner in studio with Chauncey Weisensell. Chauncey, you've got this next segment. You alluded to it, Social Security, which is clearly retirement income, right? Uh, yes. Depending on what age. But then the, the, the three-letter word, tax. Yes. So we'll talk a little bit about, um, so this article is titled, Want to Minimize Your Retirement Taxes? Don't Follow This Popular Strategy. It's a great eye-catching title, right? Um, and so I read stuff like that once in a while, but they actually had some good things in it. Um, maybe not necessarily for everyone, but it's, it's some good thoughts put together in here. Um, so right, a lot of people, as you work, you accumulate money in um, 401ks, IRAs, all those tax-deferred types of accounts, Right. Um, it's great now as you don't have to pay taxes on it, deducts your income, but eventually down the line, when you go and you take money out, you got to start biting the bullet and paying some of the taxes on it. And even if you don't want to, eventually at some point the IRS is going to make you with your required minimum distribution. We can't avoid taxes. No. It's a matter I've, of when. Yes. Now or down the road. Now or later. And so this is kind of what that article talks about. Um, so right, it says a popular strategy is to keep growing and churning out tax to afford tax-deferred money on it sounds like a sound strategy, um, but you might want to rethink that conventional wisdom. Um, They say looking to minimize your overall taxes during retirement might mean tapping into your tax-deferred accounts first. So instead of waiting and taking out from your IRAs and all those accounts you need to pay taxes on later in retirement or waiting till required minimum distribution ages, um, maybe you look at using those dollars first. And so they said the idea is to use dollars in 401ks and traditional IRA accounts to meet living expenses or look at doing Roth conversions. So taking money out of that IRA, paying some taxes on it now, putting it in the Roth and letting it grow tax free before you're claiming Social Security in the years your income is going to be lower. So the reasoning behind that is sorry, some of, part of your Social Security can be taxable. If you're single, uh, and your income is under $25,000, which isn't a whole lot, obviously, but your Social Security is tax-free. 
If you get between twenty five and thirty four thousand, half your social security is taxed. And once you get over thirty four thousand, you get taxed on eight, up to eighty five percent of your social security. Now that sounds like oh, I don't have a lot of income, but if in your earlier years you try to take out some of that tax deferred money before you take social security, we can get money in Roth IRAs and taxable accounts. Um, after-tax accounts, um, kind of that traditional investment account you think of, right? You're buying and selling stocks and E-Trade, whatever it is, that type of account, right? Um, that's You don't really have income from those accounts. You could take out a million dollars out of your Roth IRA, and you have no taxable income. It's great. Yeah. With the Roth, just to review, that's where we pay the taxes up front. Yeah, you pay the taxes now and kind of bite that bullet now while you're working, or if you're not working and you do a Roth conversion, but then now we have that money in that Roth IRA to grow tax-free. Yeah. Um, and there are, there are Roth 401k plans offered, right? It's becoming more and more popular. Um, and the IRS almost seems to be kind of forcing it on companies even a little bit. Um, they really want as much revenue as they possibly can. So they love people to put money in Roth IRAs and do big Roth conversions and things like that because they're like, more money for us to spend, right? Right now it is, right? Yeah, but it'll be interesting to see the, the effect of that down the line when you mm-hmm. look at someone my age. I put all my money in my Roth 401k. I put all my money in my Roth IRA. Um, hopefully, I have very little taxable accounts once I'm in IRAs, at least, once yep. I go to retire. Now, see, I've got the traditional 401k plan. Yeah. So I will be taxed when I start taking my RMDs. Yes, Exactly. Um, or if you start distribution sooner than that. Yep. Um, and something that was kind of interesting, and you know, you think of how low those income brackets are for where you start paying taxes on Social Security. The government gives you cost of living adjustments. So if you ever hear a COLA, that's cost of living adjustment on Social Security each year based around inflation. Um, and so that goes up. Obviously, t- other things go up because of inflation. You know what the government has never raised because of inflation? The brackets that your social security gets taxed in. So they passed that law in, I I saw it was somewhere in here, I think it's 1984, and they made it in permanent in 1994 when they set those limits. Well, $34,000 in 1994 is a whole lot more money than $34,000 now. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that, boy, think of the car back in 94 for 34 grand. Then the car, yeah, the and now of, it's like, okay, 34 is going to get you a nice car. Yeah. But it's not going to be a Get me a like Porsche. a nice Honda. Oh, yeah. Be right? A, with, be all the, with a few bells and whistles. Maybe a Toyota Corolla, Camry. <laughs> a new one. Yeah. That, that's about right, mid-30s. Yeah. But they, but they decided not to index that inflation. For why? What reason? Who knows? It's the government, right? Yeah, but <laughs> inflation is such a... With all retirement plans, it's something you can't forget about. No, it's incredibly important, right? And we always run... We talk about... You hear us talk about cash flow projections, right? Probability of success, your money lasting the rest of your life, um, which is kind of the backbone of the whole plan. Um, we always account for inflation in there. Um, at least 3% typically is the number that we use. Yeah. And over the long term, right? It's averaged about 3%. And that's what we're planning for is the long term. And, and clearly the last couple of years, we've seen it significantly go up, right? Yeah. Um, if you don't... Now, I'm just going to take a chance here. I think you're the youngest in the room, Chauncey. Yeah, by a couple of years. <laughs> just I, I've got you by a few. So just I, a few. I think Aaron's in the middle and I'd be the oldest. So just think of when you do retire, Chauncey, when that is. Yeah. I'll just throw it out there. 30 years from now? Sure. Whatever. Yeah. Just think of the prices and the cost of living. Where we'll be. 
Yeah, it's it's crazy. I I think I was looking at a cash flow yesterday with actually a client who was about 40 years old and we said, all right, $120,000 today, you're going to retire at age 60. So 20 years from now, your $120,000 today was about $200,000. Yeah. So it's an $80,000 increase just over 20 years. Big and then difference. we go all the way out to their age 100 and they're looking at their $120,000 today being almost $600,000 by the time they're age 100. Yep. If we just 3% inflation year over year over year for the next 60 years. Something you need to consider with your retirement plan. All right, with Social Security, uh, first off, finish up, and then I want to give your phone number. When yeah. we have Carol Richson on, it's probably the most caller-intensive show we do every year. Yes. If people have questions about Social Security because of the impact, it impacts all of us. When do I take it? Should I wait? All of that. Yeah, and we're happy to help you out with that. Um, and that's something we can also adjust in our ta- in our cash flow scenarios and in your in your own customized retirement plan. Um, everyone's different, right? Some people are gonna they think they're gonna live a long time. Maybe you have a history of illness, and maybe it makes sense to grab it right at sixty two, right? Everyone is different, and so there isn't one strategy that's better than the other. Um, I think in here somewhere I saw if you're gonna um, live for a long time, I think the break even point taking at 62 versus full retirement age is typically around age 80. Um, mm. But also important to keep in mind, you know, when you're 80, are you really thinking about if you broke even on social security or not? <laughs> That's right. You hit your 80th birthday and you're like, yes, I did it. <laughs> I broke even on social security. Sean, if I hit my 80th birthday, I'm just going to be happy that I hit my exactly. 80th birthday. Exactly. And so some- that's, av- that's well beyond the average American male, sure. which is now 77. Yeah. And so, you know, just trying to take that in consideration, but it's it's not for everyone, right? And so making sure that's customized to you. And one thing you can do, especially if you're a younger person, I talk about myself, um, get as much money in Roth as you can, yeah. right? It, it's not the best paying the taxes now and having higher income, but your income's just going away and getting invested in 401ks and Roth IRAs. And if you're in a smaller company, they don't offer it, at least bring it up. To the HR print, sure. that be a, you know, could we get a Roth 401k plan? Yeah, I actually, my own dad, he was, we were, we were out fishing this last weekend. We were talking and, you know, uh, over his situation about his 401k and he says, I don't think I have a Roth 401k. So he emailed his company's uh, person that does their 401k and he's like, hey, do we have a Roth? Yeah. And he's like, no. And so they didn't have one. So he said they're they're looking into maybe adding one for next year. But it's great something to bring up to your HR person. It's a great benefit. Right? And, it doesn't really cost them much more. And are we back more, to post-COVID, you see most people get matched to some extent by their employer? Yeah. I mean, at least 3%, 4% match. Um, some people do, oh, we'll match 50% up to your first 6% to try to get you to put in more. And if you don't do 6%, they have to pay less. And But at least put in the match in your 401ks. Um, and I really like the way they think about a Roth IRA here is if you're in the 22% tax bracket and you put money in a 401k, each dollar that you compound and put in there yields just 78 cents. So you're paying taxes at 22%. Yeah. Where it's a Roth IRA, you take it out, it's dollar for dollar. That's right. Yeah, that's that's a good way to, to explain the Roth. Yeah, I've never, I guess I've never really considered it yeah. that way, right? And so um, you're getting more bang for your buck with the Roth, even though you're biting the bullet now. Good advice. And it's also good to hear, Chauncey, that your father takes financial advice from you. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron, how is that with you, right? As a financial advisor, do you get the family? Almost like the doctor in the family, right? Everything. Hey, I got this little uh, rash here. Do you want to take a look? Yeah. It's, uh... Do you hand him your business card? Call me Monday? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but I do have interesting stat about a Roth. Perfect. Um, 
The Roth 401k, since you brought it up. Awesome. Roth 401k and the fact that your dad did not have one at work. Um, among workers with access to a Roth 401k, only 17% made contributions to one last year. Ooh, that's, so that's a pretty small amount. That's really low. Of people who are putting money away because you first have to have access to one and then of those people that have access to one only 17 percent mm. utilized it so it is important to talk about it to get the education out there and let people know mm. the, what the benefits are that is shockingly low of those really low. 401k options wow uh hey we told you before and we'll come back with the wealth management and preservation segment next here in the retirement clinic with the Kowal investment group they are hosting an event called planning for the unexpected in uncertain times thursday october 26 you've got some time to put this on your calendar it's it's not long it's just a little over an hour 5 30 to 7 p.m it's going to be held at the milwaukee marriott west with our own jay weber and robert carey and you met you both you said good things about robert chief market strategist for first trust advisors uh navigating the market in volatile uncertain times uh, just it's a q a right or- yeah it's a great event we start off just kind of share some general information about the markets retirement planning um, different things like that. And then uh, we'll go into the crowd. We'll take some questions. And it's um, free. It's free. Just come on, sign up, check out the website. Um, there is limited seating available. Um, so if you're interested, sign up and we'd love to see you there. So and sooner the better, like everything else. Yes, great information. So again, WISN's own Jay Weber going to be hosting this event. The Kowalway.com is where you want to go check it out. If you've got any questions, call 262 522 4040 with Aaron Spitzner and Chauncey Weisensell, the Retirement Clinic. We'll be right back on WISN. If I had a million dollars, if I had a million dollars, well, I'd buy you a house. I would buy you a house. If I had a million million dollars, what would I do with a million dollars? Welcome back. It is time for the Wealth Management and Preservation segment on the Retirement Clinic with the Colwell Investment Group. Chauncey is here. Aaron Spitzner has this particular segment, and you heard it in the music, right? If you had a million dollars. Yeah, and and this this particular topic, it... I mean, it, it could apply to everybody, um, but if you have a, a good amount of money in cash and you, that you're putting into work in money market funds or bond funds or CDs in light of higher interest rates, you want to pay extra attention here uh, uh, because... Turn up the volume. Yes. Investors are finally making money on bonds. And this is an article from Wall Street Journal, and I think it's it, it fits really well because more people are putting money in those CDs and, and bonds because they're making more money. Um so if you're, if you're finally making money on bonds and CDs, be prepared to pay taxes. As Americans pile in, into various higher-yielding investments, it's important to know the big taxable differences between each type. So again, I bring this up because in working with a lot of clients, it's a, it's a great tool right now if you have cash on the sidelines and you can finally make some money by putting your money in the bank uh, or by holding uh, a CD or whatever it may be. But we're not used to that. Um, so one thing that we... May be surprised by is the tax bill uh, come February, March, April, whenever you do your taxes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so over the past five weeks, again, this this is an article from the end of August, but over the past five weeks, investors put a net $91 billion into money market wow. funds. Just think about that. That's $91 billion that went into money market funds. In America. Yeah, and that that's money market funds. Just think of like there's still money that's sitting in treasuries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
uh, CDs, mm-hmm. um, other instruments that are yielding a little bit more in interest. So a lot of money is going in that direction. Man. Yeah, and, and you're right. Just a few years ago, if you had told me to invest in a CD, I'd have <laughs> thought you'd lost your mind, right? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so... Rates have been so low for so long, people aren't used to actually receiving interest income, yeah. <laughs> uh, and they don't realize that it's taxable. So just for example, if you got $2,000 of interest income and you're in the 30% tax bracket, that's an extra $600 of tax you might not have been planning on. More specifically, if you've got 100000 in a money market fund earning 5%, that's 5000 in interest and potentially $1,500 in taxes. So it does reduce your return, and that's also something you want to be aware of. Yeah, like not, oh man, I had to pay taxes on that? Yeah, yeah. There, there'll be some of that uh, come tax time. Yeah, mm-hmm. but certainly. That, that, that's what I'm hoping to bring to everybody's attention here. Whether you're investing in a high-yielding money market account or a certi- certificate of deposit or an I-bond, there are different tax rules. You might owe federal income taxes or state income taxes or both. Um, so let's look at kind of the, the different rules uh, that apply to, to different investments. So I-bonds, right? That was a big one uh, when... Inflation yeah, was, last year. was pretty hot, uh, and a lot of people put money in I-bonds. Um, with I-bonds, there are no state or local taxes on interest earned, which is a benefit for investors in high-tax states. Generally, I-bonds aren't taxed at the federal level until you cash them in. So uh, you pay federal tax on it, but not state tax on those I-bonds. A big one here, certificates of deposit. Uh, this is a kind of a, a hot area right now. People are putting mm-hmm. their money in. Interest earned on CDs is taxed as ordinary income at the federal and state level. Typically, in the year you earn the interest on a five-year CD, for example, you'd owe taxes on the interest earned and paid out each year. Um, So just be aware of that and where you're using those CDs. If you have an IRA, you don't have to worry about these things because nothing's taxable until you take money out. But if you do have it in an after-tax account or a brokerage account, you will be paying um, taxes on that income earned. Um, money market funds. Money market funds can be subject to federal and state income taxes. There are taxable money market funds and tax-free money market funds, depending upon the underlying investments in the fund. So be aware of what you're investing in. Um, treasury bills, another big uh, um, area this year that's collecting a lot of new money. Treasury bills are generally exempt from state and local taxes. You'll owe federal taxes as interest payments roll in each year and when you file your federal tax return. So again, that's kind of the benefit if you're comparing CDs versus treasury bills. The CDs you're paying federal and state. With treasury bills, uh, you're avoiding the state and local tax on that. Mm. And then lastly is municipal bonds. Income from bonds issued by state, city, and local governments are generally free from federal income taxes and from state income taxes in the state where the bond was issued. So if you have like a Wisconsin municipal bond, it's double tax exempt, both federally and locally here in the state of Wisconsin. So, are you seeing more uh, clients or just people in general talk about CDs and, hey, should I maybe get involved in some CD investments? Because to me, it seems very foreign to even think about. The, well, that's why I bring it up, because there is a lot of those conversations and uh, going on right now. And a lot of people are saying, hey, like, okay, my bond funds that I have, uh, if interest rates keep going up, I could lose money there. So why don't we peel some of that off and, and put it in a CD where I can be guaranteed 5.5% or whatever the particular is rate is. Is that about is. Where's, where they're at? Yeah, on like a one-year term, I think 5.5%. Um, so again, it's kind of creeping up a little you're bit You're locked in for that year at yeah, that rate. Um, yeah. So yeah, there's definitely a lot of money going into that, into 
these higher yielding products, which could be putting a little bit of the of a lid on the stock market right now because people are saying, why would I take that extra risk? You know, let's say you inherited five hundred thousand dollars, right, and it's in cash right now. You know, three years ago you'd say, well, I'll put it in the market. Right. What else am I going to do with it? There is no alternative. Now you're saying, well, boy, I could get four and a half, five percent, and have full liquidity in a money market fund. That's, Why not just take that money and that's run? That's awfully appealing. So a lot of people right? are doing that, but they're not aware that there might be some tax implications uh, of doing that. As too. Chauncey said so. in the last segment, you can never avoid the tax implications. They're always yeah. going to get you. They're always going to get you, but there are timing things to do and when to do it yeah. that will dictate and maybe limit the tax burden, right? Yeah, and um, I mean, it, it's not in the article. It goes on to say investors should check whether they need to to make estimated tax payments throughout the year or adjust their withholding. Um, I, I don't think some of these will make that big of a difference where you'd have to make an estimated tax payment so you're not under withholding throughout the year. Uh, but again, just be aware that um, it could hit you come tax time if you had a ton of money yeah. And, yeah. and sitting in these higher yielding money market funds or CDs. That's or two segments bills. in a row now that you guys remind us, don't forget about taxes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it makes sense. And, and also be aware of, again, where you're you're using each one of these. If, if you have a CD or a treasury bill, what type of an account you're buying it in? Or if you just get it at a bank, you know, there's that option too. But I must say in the last, oh, since we've been on the air, 22 years, right? It was the right before 9-11 that we started mm-hmm. our first show. The Retirement Clinic, we've never talked that long about CDs. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, that the times have changed. I, I mean, yeah. like I said, it was it nine, $91 billion went into money market funds in just a week in August? I'd imagine that number has been pretty steady since yep. then. That's um, that's good stuff. Good but stuff. It it's uh I mean, you might as well take the free money while you can. Talk no, to no your risk. advisor about it. If you've got questions, there's a couple events coming up, one including Jay Weber. It's a month away with the Cowell Investment Group, planning for the unexpected in uncertain times. We'll tell you about that and more. When we come back on the Retirement Clinic, Aaron Spitzner, Chauncey Weisensell, and I'm Paul Kronforst. And this is WISN. The final couple of minutes here with Aaron Spitzner and Chauncey Weisensell. This has been the Retirement Clinic, so thank you for joining us. But before, a, a few things, a few announcements before we're out of time. Number one, the new location in Delafield, Chauncey, has opened up. Yeah, beautiful location, as I said before. Third floor, downtown Delafield. You can come up there, see me, Marie, Jeff. We're still in the world headquarters. Waukesha. From, yes, in Waukesha, time to time, but we spend a good amount of time out in Delafield now. Still up in Ozaki County, Port Washington, Phoenix, Arizona, in uh, what a, Racine, and that's your territory, Aaron yes. Spitzner. You almost forgot. I, I wouldn't let you forget. I did not forget Racine. And, of course, the website, thekowalway.com, where you will see this event. It's October 26, 530 to 7, going to be held at Milwaukee Marriott West, free of charge, Aaron. Yep. Right. And, and Robert Carey, you said, is and Jay Weber is hosting the event. And of course, folks from the Kowal Investment Group. But it's kind of a Q&A. It's free of charge and a good event to attend. Yeah. And especially right now, there's a lot going on. Well, there's always a lot going on. But um, this time around, there's a lot of questions. Uh, where are we going with this market? What are planning items that I could, uh, you know, what am I missing out on? What could I be doing between now and the end of the year? Things like that. So we'll we'll address some planning items. We'll address you know what's going on in the markets. We'll probably touch on the election. Um, oh, next year, man. Yeah. And, 
It's going to be a fun year here at WISN <laughs> 2024 yeah. between now and next November. Yeah. So again, it's called Planning for the Unexpected in Uncertain Times, thecoalway.com, 262-522-4040, Monday through Friday market updates during the Mark Belling Show, 3 and 5 p.m. Aaron Kowal has given me permission to plug my, shamelessly plug my own cruise. And this is the final weekend of it. We announced it last week. So I will do that. It's next March. You guys are invited to go, of course. Fantastic. You, have to, you have to sign up, you know, just like yeah. your, your event. It is next. It's my first uh, lead cruise next March 1st through the 10th. Southern Caribbean. More information is at the, I almost said your website, cruise-tour.com. We have too many events. Cruise-tour.com. Please check it out and sign up now as we're wrapping up my first cruise. And I've cruised many times with WISN people. And you don't have to sweat the details because they take care of you at Cruise and Tour. So that site is cruise-tour.com. Guys, good show. A lot of tax stuff today. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't planned that way, but no, it just kind of came up. Think that's what we need be, to know, right? Yeah, you got to be on the lookout for it. Big for part of things. retirement planning. Oh, totally, and you don't want to forget about it. Chauncey, thanks for your uh, participation, and have a great weekend. Yeah, you too, Paul. Thanks. Aaron Spitzner, have a great day. Well, thank you. And we'll see you both sometime soon. This show is back next Saturday, 10 o'clock. With the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist on News Talk 1130 WISN.